everyone. Welcome back to the Chain Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Shaughnessy, a co-founder at Delphi Digital, where we're five full-time analysts focused on institutional crypto research. If you aren't a subscriber, you're missing out, so visit the site while you're listening. One quick housekeeping item. This podcast is strictly informational and educational and is not investment advice or solicitation to buy or sell any tokens or securities or to make any financial decisions. I may personally own tokens that are mentioned on the podcast. And you can view the show notes for our full disclosures. With that out of the way, today I'm thrilled to have on Farboud, the CEO and co-founder of CoinMine. For those new to CoinMine, it's the plug-and-play device anyone can buy to start mining crypto from their desk, office, or anywhere. We talk about everything from creating an Apple-style hardware device to everything regarding the CoinMine device itself, from mining on your phone, over-the-air updates, supported cryptocurrencies, what people can earn, support for the Lightning Network, and what the future for CoinMine holds. Interestingly, we talk about CoinMine software, which optimizes mining for the most profitable asset. It was great having a dedicated founder on whose goal is to make it extremely simple for anyone to be involved in crypto, earn passive income, and help secure these networks. With that, let's jump in. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm thrilled to have on Farboud, the co-founder and CEO of CoinMine. How's it going? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So give us your background and how you got started in crypto. Sure. Uh, so uh, prior to CoinMine, uh, I'd done a few startups. Uh, one was in the learning space backed by Benchmark. It was called Grocket. We, we sold that to Kaplan, uh, worked on a couple of other uh, startups that didn't really go anywhere crazy. Um, was lucky enough to work with uh, the design leads at Apple on a, a company called uh, Learnist that I did. Uh, got to work closely with their design evangelists. Uh, they ended up naming uh, our app one of the 40 iconic apps of all time, which was a really cool sort of uh, <clears throat> acknowledgement for a product person. Uh, and then, you know, as far as crypto, uh, got into it, I think, th- the way a lot of people did uh, in terms of just uh, buying some Bitcoin uh, and then some Ethereum uh, and then some uh, altcoins, uh, you know, many years back. Uh, I've been building computers since I was a kid, uh, and even my first startup was in high school, building computers for friends and family. Uh, My co-founder, Justin, uh, is a great designer, great industrial designer. He did uh, Pebble Watch 2, uh, which I think was the second largest Kickstarter ever. Uh, He did Pebble Core. He's worked for Adidas and Braun. We're both sort of, you know, crazy Apple fanboys, if you will. Uh, and so, like I said, I've been building computers since I was a kid. So uh, Justin and I were roommates in San Francisco, uh, decided to get into, uh, you know, we were both into crypto. So we decided to get into mining uh, and sort of powering crypto, uh, bought, bought a couple of ASICs, messed with those, uh, started building GPU-based rigs. Uh, and then uh, one day, Justin, uh, you know, I, I likes telling the story because uh, when I tried to build the first rig, e- even though I you know, knew how to build computers, uh, it still took me, you know, several days of just, you know, uh, trial and error, figuring out what software to use, what miners to use. And that was just to get, you know, an Ethereum miner up and running. And then uh, if I wanted to mine other coins, that means creating more wallets, going to uh, more pools, more software downloading. Um, <clears throat> and so uh, Justin came up with the idea one, uh, one night about, uh, you know, what if we made the Apple of crypto devices? Uh, what if we made something anybody could use? Uh, and uh, at first, the idea didn't 
totally makes sense to me. It didn't click uh, because, you know, I'd just gone through building this uh, crazy mining rig and it takes a lot of time and energy and that's just to get it up and running, much less keep it maintained. Uh, you know, if you think of total cost of ownership of something, it, it's the time that costs more than the parts do. Uh, and so, uh, but it clicked for me finally. Uh, like I said, I've been building apps forever. Uh, when I sort of realized you could control the device with an app, so then you didn't need a mouse and a keyboard and a monitor, uh, and it didn't need to be a whole new computer that you have a desk for in your place. Uh, you could just put this sort of Xbox-sized device uh, anywhere in the house. Uh, and control it from an app uh, and Wi-Fi. Uh, so that's you know sort of what started CoinMine. That's an awesome backstory, and I, I love that you used to build computers. I remember building a few off of parts from Newegg just to play Battlefield, like way back in the exactly. day. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's I was awesome. literally doing it when I was like five years old as well. Oh yeah, that's way better. I think I was like fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> so I was doing us- it then too. No, no, that's uh, that's the fun part, right? So, yeah. you know, CoinMine, I feel like, has has gone all over. You know, I, I feel like I'm seeing your devices all over Twitter. And last time I visited Pomp for our board meeting, I saw one on his desk. What is the, like, main takeaway from the CoinMine device? You know, just give us the overview on, on the pricing. You know, what can you mine through it? Just the whole takeaway there. Sure. So, you know, CoinMine, we describe it as a, as a plug-and-play crypto device. Uh, so. It- it's, it's all about making crypto in general easy, whether it's powering some proof of work networks like Ethereum uh, or uh, using it as a lightning node, which will launch the lightning features later this year. Uh, it ships with the you know, LND, it ships with the Bitcoin blockchain uh, on it. So we really just have to sort of finish that up and flip a switch there. Um, it may be able to do staking on certain networks. Um, obviously, the app provides you uh, wallets to get started. Um, you can then move your crypto from our wallets to other wallets if you prefer. Uh, but we wanted to make you know crypto itself sort of plug and play and and easy to participate in. So um, it's uh, the the retail price is seven ninety nine. It's it's uh, six ninety nine right now in for July. Um, and uh, like I said, it ships with a with, with a some proof of work mining. So it does a uh, Ethereum, uh, Grin, uh, Zcash, Monero. Uh, I think I've got them all. Uh, and then uh, most recently, we, we launched what we call Bitcoin mode. Uh, so the coin mine can now make Bitcoin for you, uh, which is, I think, you know, people's fa- fa- favorite cryptocurrency, of course. Uh, and it does that by algorithmically powering whichever crypto network trans- tra- transfers to Bitcoin at the best rate, and then just programmatically exchanging it for you uh, and putting Bitcoin in your, in your coin mine Bitcoin wallet. Um, and then, uh, you know, we added Grin uh, in January when it launched. Uh, our plan is to launch uh, Handshake the day its mainnet launches. Uh, and so one of the coolest things about CoinMine is we built the operating system. Uh, it's, you know, we, we, we try and think in terms of Apple, which is a combination of hardware, software, and services. Uh, so obviously the hardware is the hardware. Uh, the software is both the MineOS, our operating system, and the app. Uh, and then services are things like um, Compound Finance, Cred, uh, BlockFi, or some of the different services that we're looking to give people access to. So, for example, the crypto that you're making with your coin mine, you can earn interest on it uh, through one of these other services as well. I don't know if that was a good explanation or not. But no, no, that covers all of it. So basically, I go on your site, I, I buy one for 700 bucks, I put it on my counter, and... 
I could control mining anything from Bitcoin, Ethereum, Grin, Monero, Zcash right from my phone, pretty much. That, that's right. The other way I like to put it, is, it's like an Xbox that turns your electricity into Bitcoin. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a good point. So, you know, do you have any metrics on? I know Bitcoin's obviously probably the most popular here, but are there any surprising metrics that you guys track, or do you not track on? You know, what are the most popular coins to mine me and my partner kevin we're, we're going back and forth on you know what we might think it is but you guys obviously have great data here probably yeah so it's interesting it can change uh so last week uh we launched a grin off or, or rather um, um my time is messed up what day is it today's tuesday so yeah this was last week uh grin hard fork uh, so if you were mining Grin at home on your own, you had to deal with the hard fork and Grin's going to hard fork regularly. So every, you know, every so, you know, six or so months, you're going to have to do uh, a bunch more software work. Um, now, we did that for you if you had a coin mine and you didn't skip a beat. So when Grin hard forked, you didn't notice anything with your coin mine, except we also updated the Grin mining software. Uh, and now you're hashing 80% more Grin than you were uh, the day before. Uh, so you know, Grin all of a sudden, you know, became very popular on the, on the CoinMine network when we put out an update saying, hey, you're making 80% more Grin now than you were yesterday. Um, so basically, it's uh, Grin, Bitcoin, and Ethereum are the uh, three things that people are mining. Zcash and Monero are sort of in the, in the single digits on the CoinMine. Uh, but that's also because they're just, you know, uh, the, the CoinMine is not as ideal for Zcash, for example. Uh, you'll do a lot better. Uh, you know, with Ethereum, for example, if you're thinking in terms of fiat returns or just in terms of accumulation of Ethereum, uh, I think you'll do better than than with Zcash. So the device isn't you know as optimized for Zcash, for example. No, that that's awesome. And I mean, your Bitcoin only mode that sounds pretty interesting. So basically, the coin mine just figures out whatever coin that you support is the most profitable to mine, mines it, and then auto sells it for Bitcoin. Or that's the right. Backend? Yep. Oh, wow. So how, how does that process happen? I mean, is it sold on an exchange or, or do you guys like swap with other users? How does that actually happen? We, we, we don't currently share the de- details about how that's happening, but it's, it's, it's probably what you'd expect, you know? Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And that's fine. And, you know, how has your subscriber base or, you know, your customers reacted to the coin mine itself? Like, are they happy with what they're seeing on a return basis? I'm, I'm just wondering, like, how much people are actually making, um, and if it actually, you know, makes up for electricity costs. I'm sure a lot of this is probably dependent on on the price of the underlying cryptos, though. Yeah, we've seen uh, return rates in terms of people returning the device uh, about one fifth of industry standard. So basically, nobody's returning their coin mine. Um, oh, that's is, that's awesome. And, and I mean, just on the returns profitability wise for mining, though. Um, yeah, like that's a good question too. Here. You know, uh, that that comes down to every person's own per- personal view of it. You know, the uh, if you're, uh, we, we've written a couple of articles about this stuff on on Hacker Noon. Um, if you're, you know, this isn't financial advice, mm-hmm. uh, but my personal approach to to mining is to mine and hold. Um, if, if you're thinking about, you know, profitability on the day, the week, or even the month, um, I don't, I don't like to do that because to me, that means I'm extending myself too far financially. If I'm, if, if, if I need the profitability to be right today, this week, or this month, uh, I've extended myself too far financially. Uh, 
if I want to extend myself as far as I'm willing to, you know, spend one to three years uh, on my return. And I'll use Grin as, Grin as an example. Um, and when, when networks launch like Grin, when they're brand new, you can earn the most of that crypto because uh, the hash rate of the total network is the lowest. So if you'd been, you know, if you took the approach of, hey, I'm super bullish on Grin, and I am, I think Grin, Grin gets to hundreds of dollars, uh, if, if not at least tens of dollars. And it, and it almost, it, it, you know, broke $6 or, already this year. It launched ba- basically six months ago. Uh, so if my goal is to accumulate Grin, I'm going to try and spend a year or two accumulating maybe 50, 100, 200, 300 Grin, uh, because I think Grin's going to be worth $100. Uh, and, and you can see at, at that point, I, I made $30,000 worth of Grin. Um, so I, I think the coin mine is a great you know, plug and play speculation device and a plug, great plug and play accumulation device. Um, if, you're, if you're thinking in terms of sort of just pure daily or weekly, uh, or monthly ROI, uh, you're either a large mining operation or you're extending yourself too far financially, in my personal opinion. If that no, makes that, sense. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, let's talk a minute about the hurdles here for consumers or, or wannabe miners here. I mean, what's the alternative to a coin mine for $700? I mean, how much technical expertise and how much would it cost for someone to get set up as a miner in their own home? Without coin mine, because I feel like you guys really lowered the hurdles to for everyone to really start mining here. Thanks. Yeah, you know, I, I think of it in terms of the total cost of ownership, uh, and, we, and we tried to make the coin mine the the most economical in in terms of total cost of ownership. So that includes um, all the parts. Uh, it includes the electricity. It includes the time and labor it takes to build the devices and maintain them over time. Um, Obviously, all the time it takes to keep the software updated, uh, creating wallets, all, all those things. Uh, so if you look at it that way, you know, and, and break it into a few of the chunks, um, you know, you can buy parts used, for example. You don't need to buy brand new parts. Uh, you could buy used parts. You could buy used components uh, and build yourself a device. Uh, you know, it really depends. Anywhere in the, I think, 300 to $500 range. Uh, maybe a little cheaper, maybe a little bit more expensive. Um, so you know, four or five hundred dollars for um, <clears throat> the the parts. Uh, then you have to you know spend time researching what operating system you're going to use. Um, is it one that you have to pay for, like Windows, or are you going to get a you know, which is another I think seventy or a hundred dollars or something, uh, or maybe you get uh, uh, Linux and try and do a free one, which is more work. Um, then the mining software, um, you could use a mining operating system. So if you take your time and think of it as, as you know, even $20 an hour, for example, uh, it's going to take you probably somewhere between 20 to 40 hours to build your device and maintain it for the first year. Uh, so now you're talking about, you know, 400 to, um, whatever, $800 in labor time. Uh, so you're looking at a device that's, you know, close to a thousand, maybe over a thousand dollars in total, in terms of total cost of ownership. Um, yeah, that's a lot of time and money that is significantly reduced by just buying a coin mine. So I definitely see the point here. And, you know, do you think a lot of your customers are those looking to profit or do you think that more of them are altruistic in, you know, Hey, I want to help secure the Bitcoin network or I want to help secure the Ethereum network. Or do you think it's maybe a split between the two? 
I think there are people who uh, want an easy way uh, and sort of low cost and barrier of entry way to get involved and started into crypto. Uh, most of our customers are new to crypto. Uh, they, they also want a way of easily capturing some of the potential upside. Uh, I, I think they, uh, like I said, they, they think of it as a, a form of plug and play speculation, right? I'd like to speculate on the latest and greatest cryptocurrencies. I missed out on Bitcoin. I missed out on Ethereum, maybe you're saying to yourself. I don't want to miss out on Grin. I don't want to miss out on Handshake. Uh, I'm never going to be able to do those things on my own. Uh, most of you know, a, a lot of tokens when they launch, they're not even on exchanges. Uh, you might have to be an accredited investor to have gotten in on a presale, for example. So um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a form of plug and play speculation. It's a form of plug and play on ramp to crypto. Now, that makes a lot of sense. That's awesome. And I guess just moving on to, you know, the future of CoinMine. I mean, what do you guys plan to release, you know, going forward or, or what are your hopes here? I mean, you're obviously releasing more coins. You just rolled out support for Lightning Network, which I'd love to discuss if you can. But and then I guess a, another broader question is you really have a global network of, you know, miners here. It feels like you guys could easily tack on like value added services here. I'm just not sure exactly what they would be. Yeah, great, great question. So <clears throat> just to be clear, uh, the, the Lightning Node uh, feature hasn't been released yet, but that is one of the things that's coming this year to answer the first part of your question. Um, so we'll release Lightning later this year. The device ships with it on there. It just needs a little bit more updating and it needs to be turned on. Um, so we'll do that with an over-the-air update. CoinMine works a lot like a Tesla. It gets these over-the-air updates at night that sort of improve it. Uh, another update we did last week or the week before, rather, was an overclocker update that reduced the energy consumption by 30%. Um, so we can do these cool things with over-the-air updates, which are what these updates are. So the, the Lightning one will happen later this year. Hopefully Handshake will happen, uh, possibly a few more coins. Um, we're hoping to, like I said, release services like Compound Finance, which... Uh, allow you to just you know enter some of your crypto into the compound finance network and earn interest uh we're, we're, we're talking with cred uh, to potentially work with them on it as well um we're talking to BlockFi. um there's other cool things you can do i don't know if you know about the uh sort of a pool pool together i think it's called it's a it's a no loss lottery um that that's another one that we're sort of uh tinkering with and we, we might consider adding. And, and that's really interesting. So basically what you could do is every week you could take um, all the crypto that your coin mine has, uh, has generated over its time uh, and enter it into our weekly no loss lottery. Uh, and the way that will work is everyone who enters it, uh, we, we pool all that crypto, uh, we put it into compound finance for a week, uh, it generates interest then at the end of the week, one of the people who entered the lotto um, gets all the interest as their prize and everybody else gets their principal back. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And that, that's going to be really cool to see rolled out. And I mean, beyond just those things and proof of work mining, I mean, do you think that you guys will support proof of stake networks in the future? I mean, I feel like a that's lot of networks are launching there. Yeah, the, the goal is absolutely to do that. You know, the proof of stake networks are, um, some of them are out there. Some of them are taking a little longer. Um, they have different requirements in terms of uh, the type of, you know, minimum, minimum computing requirements that they, you know, need to, to work on your device. Um, so that could, so a lot of it depends on what those minimum requirements end up being. 
Uh, take Definity, for example. We're, we're big fans of Definity. Um, they haven't launched uh, yet, uh, but ho- hopefully our device will, you know, sort of meet some of the minimum requirements they need to run Definity. Uh, we, we may run staking as services, for example, that are through the app, uh, but not necessarily happening directly on the device. So a lot of that is still up in the air, but it's on the roadmap. No, that, that's awesome. And could you take in a little bit, I mean, you got a couple of companies listed on your website and you alluded to a little, a few of them prior. I mean, Compound, Dharma, BlockFi, Uniswap. How exactly do you guys kind of interplay with, with these providers here? Uh, it, it depends. Each one can, can, can be different. Either they're, you know, they could be sort of a biz dev type of deal uh, or, or they could be just a, a straight you know, blockchain situation where you know something like compound finance is is just protocol um and it it can all be done programmatically okay that that makes sense and you know this might be a dumb question for you but i have to ask because there's just so much uh talk about this on twitter i mean when you get a coin mine and you're running bitcoin you're running a full node right and with ethereum and others or are these light nodes like what exactly is the user running on their end uh that, that, that that's a great question so this is pretty much all pool-based. Um, the Lightning node is a full node. Um, the Lightning node runs you know, a full Bitcoin node, uh, and it runs a full standalone Lightning node, um, or at least it, it, it will when we turn it on. Um, when you're mining Ethereum, for example, you're mining it <clears throat> to a pool. You're pool mining. Oh, gotcha. Okay, that's interesting. So I guess... You, just- you would never grab a block if you were a full Ethereum node, that device. You'd need a you'd need a very large, you'd need a very large mining setup. Gotcha. Okay. That, that makes sense. So, I mean, it's super early and I I doubt you're getting this question, but you know, if you guys continue to grow the way you are, I feel like you might get it when a user's running, like, let's say the pool. And I guess you guys take a 5% fee, which isn't a lot, especially for what you're providing. And does the pool also take a fee for the mining or is that separate or? Each each pool is different, so typically pools take like a one take one percent, for example. Okay, all right, cool. So I guess just I mean the only fees for the user really are are seven hundred bucks to purchase the device, and then five percent to you guys, and then one or two percent to a pool. So that's basically the whole fee structure. That's correct. Yeah, and you know the the crypto that we get uh, that we you know get, give to our customers um, already has the pools piece taken. Um, and then, and then, for example, uh, you know, it's 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 a it's a bit of a moving target. So, for example, uh, we updated the devices to the new Claymore miner, uh, which squeezed out, I think, another four four percent on your Ethereum hash rate, four or five percent on your Ethereum hash rate. Um, so that just sort of went out last week, and so our customers just started getting, you know, four or five percent higher Ethereum hash rate. Uh, that's similar to like the one we did with Grin, where it increased the hash rate eighty percent, which is kind wow. of crazy, crazy, crazy to think of. Uh, no, the, the over-the-air updates are awesome. I mean, you basically take care of everything for the user. Yeah, I mean, you just never have to put any put any work into it. I mean, if for you to even know that you know you could update your Grin, if you'd ever managed to get Grin mining software running on your you know computer. To, to know that you could have actually had an increase by 80%. It's like, it, it's, it becomes a part-time job, which is awesome if you love that as a hobby, right? I mean, that's great. Um, I'm, like, I, like I said, I've been 
building computers as since I was a kid. I wasn't making money when I was building computers when I was five years old. I did it because I love it. And uh, a lot of people love doing that stuff. Uh, and those are all the people who got crypto started and hash power going in, in the first place. No, that's that's huge. And you know, just looking to the future again, I mean, it, it just seems like when you have one of these devices in, you know, homes around the world, like you can easily create some kind of marketplace that allows other projects and protocols to kind of leverage that. I mean, like, do you think like any of the decentralized storage players will, you know, contact you guys to maybe take, you know, spare compute off people's computers or storage or like any examples there? I'm just kind of wondering where you could take this in the future too. <clears throat> yeah, that, that again just comes down to whatever the minimum requirements for that protocol are. So, uh, you know, take Filecoin, for example, or Definity, for example, uh, who would both have storage components, you know, so decentralized storage components to them. Um, if they're sort of minimum requirements for file size and hard drive size, etc., cetera, uh, meet, you know, this CoinMine's uh, specs, then absolutely that's part of the whole point of CoinMine. No, that's that's awesome. And I guess just a more general question from, uh, you know, I don't mind full time, so it's, it might be a dumb question, maybe not. But it seems like the hardware industry for mining is just so competitive. Like whenever Bitmain comes out with a new piece of hardware, do you think that that like impacts your ability for coin mines to be profitable over the long term? Like if I buy one now, like is it still going to be worth it in five years or, you know, the payoff already happens way prior to that? I'm just kind of wondering how you think about the competition directly here. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how I think about it with, with a really definitive example. Um, and I use this example over and over again, because it, but, but I think this example is going to happen over and over again, because it has up until now. And, uh, you know, even if you just look barely into the future, you, you'll, you'll see it happening over and over again. So, uh, you know, in, in January, Grin launched. Um, on, on the day it launched, you were making, you know, a, you know, several grin a week on your coin mine. Um, simultaneously, at that point, Zcash, you know, Zcash last year on your coin mine, you could have been making some decent amount of Zcash. But a ASICs, you know, blasted the Zcash network, um, and and that changed the game for GPUs on uh, on Zcash. Now, when you're doing an ASIC, you're stuck in this situation where um, you can't go anywhere else. You're on one algorithm, and when the next more powerful ASIC comes out and it's 20 times more powerful than yours or 50 times more powerful than yours, who knows, um, you basically have a piece of junk now, right? Um, with a coin mine, the reason we built it the way we built it was to sort of address some of these problems. So with a coin mine, since we control the operating system, we can continue to add new protocols. And when protocols are new, their computation requirements are lower. And so a device that might have been, you know, useful for Zcash last year, not useful for Zcash this year, is now useful for Grin. And maybe in two, a year, two years, three years, it won't be great on Grin. There'll be something else. Handshake is coming out. It may come out in the next few weeks. I'm going to switch my coin. Again, this is something a coin mine can do that nothing else can that I know of. When Handshake launches, I'm switching to Handshake like right away. Um, and I may only power Handshake for the first couple of weeks. Who knows? I'm going to kind of see how much Handshake I'm getting. I know I'm going to get the most at the very beginning. Maybe 
every computer in the world gets on handshake in the first three weeks. Who knows? And the hash rate goes to insane. And I may move back off handshake and go back to Grin or go back to Bitcoin. Uh, and so that's what's really, I think, cool about the coin mine. But if you have an ASIC, you absolutely can't do that. You can't move around. Uh, and even if you have a GPU setup, you have to do all the work to be able to sort of, you know, be on handshake the day it launches, which means hopefully you're, you already installed and you've been using the handshake testnet. Uh, and you ha- and you were doing that while you were updating Gr- your Grin software because Grin hard forked. So uh, literally, you basically have to be a software developer and do this as a part time job, um, or let somebody like uh, us take care of it. So that's kind of how I think about the hardware. I don't know. Did that make sense? Does that answer that question? No, that's awesome. I mean, the dynamic switching and kind of optimizing for whatever network's the most profitable, and then selling it to Bitcoin if, if that's your focus, is definitely a great way to kind of uh, future-proof yourself, I think, in a way. Yeah. So the the device, you know, stays relevant uh, e- even if um you know coins kind of go through a life cycle where they start where you know you could theoretically power them with a CPU. Uh, and, and again, Lightning, for example, isn't you know the the uh, Lightning and staking make the computation even even more different. So this stuff is getting more. There, there's more varieties of computation that are going to be used in crypto and in general. And having a more generalized computation device um, is, I think, more interesting than having one that is maybe just locked into one network. They're, they're, they're complementary. They're not, they're not uh, mutually exclusive. Uh, for example, Monero wants to move over to uh, CPU mining. So in that world, we could put a, a nice strong CPU in the coin mine uh, along with its GPU, and your coin mine could be simultaneously powering a ton of Monero and Ethereum and, or, or Monero and Grin uh, or Monero and Handshake. Um, and again, you couldn't do that if you were using an ASIC. I guess just your own personal views on crypto moving forward. I mean, you're obviously supporting more crypto assets. Um, you obviously believe that being able to mine other cryptos is, is a good way to future-proof your product, you know, regardless of what you want to accumulate because you could sell into it. You know, where do you think that our industry is going in your own personal opinion? Do you think that we're going to have this multi-token, multi-chain world? Or do you think um, basically Bitcoin is king? Or, or what, what are your own views here? I, I think currently Bitcoin is king. And I think Bitcoin has a chance of being king for quite, quite some time. Uh, I still think there's going to be a multi... I think the multi-coin world is here to stay. Uh, and that's because, uh, you know, a lot of crypto networks are actually what I think you should call, I would call token operated networks. Uh, Filecoin and Definity, I would use as examples of those. Nobody is expecting that you're going to buy your coffee or uh, at, you know, at um, uh, Starbucks with Filecoin. Uh, Filecoin is a token operated network. Uh, you could buy your coffee with uh, Bitcoin. That seems reasonable. Um, Definity doesn't think you're going to be buying coffee with Definity. So you have token operated networks. You have uh, some protocols that are just trying to be currencies. I'd say Bitcoin is basically, you know, a pretty good example of that. Um, it's its language is it sort of not even useful for you know uh, a, you know Turing complete programming um, on purpose. I think um, so. It's basic on purpose, uh, and what you know. Everything is programmatic. Uh, you already see wrapped Bitcoin, right? So uh, all of these things can can resolve back into each other. 
Uh, Bitcoin is by far, I think, the most secure database in the world. Uh, so uh, securing your you know, financial information, uh, storing value on the most secure decentralized database in the world sounds like a smart thing to do. Um, so having all these things speak to each other, I think, is you know, pre- pretty trivial in the grand scheme of things. It's pretty trivial compared to moving gold all over the world. Uh, so I think Bitcoin is going to uh, stay strong, probably stay the biggest crypto for, for, for quite some time. Um, I think Bitcoin is at least digital gold, uh, which puts it at somewhere around the you know, six, seven trillion dollar market cap. I think that puts it at about a three hundred thousand dollar Bitcoin or one hundred and fifty thousand dollar Bitcoin, something like that, um, depending on how many Bitcoin you think will ultimately be besides, you know, the 21 million that will be created. But there'll be at least a few million lost already. Um, and I think Bitcoin could be anywhere up to, you know, 10 to 30 trillion dollar market cap, um, which puts Bitcoin at, you know, half a million or a million. Um, but that doesn't mean that there can't be uh, Filecoin and Definity. That's awesome. No, I like that you're, you're taking a stance and have an opinion on the price, which most people kind of shy away from. And I definitely agree that other crypto networks like Filecoin and Definity um, should be used for their own respective purposes and, and not so much as spending or, or storing value per se. So that's, that's interesting. And for would we would be remiss if we didn't get into, you know, one of the biggest points of your business uh, for a minute. I mean, what have been the hardest hurdles in actually, you know, designing and building and sourcing all these materials? Because at the end of the day, you you are spending obviously a lot of your time building uh, this great product. Uh, you know, I think the biggest challenge in uh, physical products, probably uh, you know, hardware, is uh, getting the balance of things. Uh, and, and and this is another lesson that for, for me I, I learned by you know uh, observing how a- Apple does stuff, which is to essentially uh, only ever optimize for the overall user experience. Um, as opposed to any one specific aspect of it, um, <clears throat> you'll tend to see that, for example, uh, Apple tries to care more about taking the best photo as opposed to having the most megapixels. Um, so this is a challenge because you have a, you know endless choices on the components that you could do. Uh, you could make something that's a hundred dollars that does this. You could make something that's ten thousand dollars that does that. Uh, it's sort of that you have these endless options, uh, and and you have to balance them all out into creating a, a consumer experience. Uh, so there's only so much noise that it can produce, only so much heat it can produce, only so much electricity it can draw, uh, only so much you know cost it could have. We we obviously could have gone out and made our first device a ten thousand dollar device, um, you know that you know was the size of a car. Uh, so balancing all those things into something that gets your audience to buy it is i think the biggest challenge because there's so many different part you know basically uh ratios to the recipe no that that makes sense it's definitely not easy to decide on the price and what things you should include in the coin mine because like you said you could have easily doubled the ram or include a better processor but then you know the pricing would have just been enormous at that point yeah and then so then who's the customer and how many of them are there and can you get to them is there a business there yeah that that's a good point and i would i people would hate if i didn't ask have you guys released any metrics on you know potentially you know how many you've sold or how interest has been i 
it looks to me like interest is obviously huge on Twitter, but obviously I don't have any numbers to point to. It's kind of overwhelming in terms of uh, orders. It's it, we're we're growing w- way faster than we'd an- anticipated. We don't currently share you know n- numbers around sales or anything with the public, but uh, we're we're really pleased and we're uh, we're hustling to ramp up production as quickly as possible. That's awesome. That's a high quality problem. Yeah, it's a good place to be. That's awesome. Well, Farboud, it's been awesome having you on. Is there anything that I forgot to ask you, or anything that we forgot to cover? Uh, I I don't think so. We uh, do pets. Do aliens have pets? <laughs> Classic palm question uh, about aliens. I love that. That's a good one. Well, Farboud, where can people follow you and learn more about Coinmine? Uh, on Twitter, I'm just at Farboud, F A R B O O D. Uh, and on CoinMine, we're just at CoinMine and uh, CoinMine.com. Awesome. Farboot, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks a lot, Tom. Thanks. Hey, everyone. If you enjoyed listening to the episode, please share it on Twitter and LinkedIn and give us a five-star rating in the iTunes store.